There is something profound going on at Skinwalker Ranch, and it begs to be studied. The legend is that things happen on this ranch. What if some of it's real? Whoa, that's a definite being. Who or what could we be dealing with? I didn't believe in the paranormal when I came out on this ranch, and I paid a pretty hefty price. Curse of Skinwalker Ranch. Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Skinwalker Watch Along with myself, Andy, and as always, my co-host Dan. Dan, how are we doing this evening? Hi, I'm good, thanks Andy, how are you? I'm really well after about an hour of bugs and gremlins and ghosts in the system. Um, If you're a conspiracy theorist, which many people may be listening to this, I would swear someone was messing with my laptop until I checked down detector and found out that... uh, zoom that we were going to record on was having some issues i've not quite moved to my paid platform for recording yet which we're going to trial tomorrow night as me and dan have just been discussing but yeah we had some issues and had to restart the the laptop a few times and everything else but we finally got recording so it's get it's getting on it's getting on late so we're going to do a recording tonight and then another recording tomorrow for episode six so folks just to start off with an apology this is episode five of the skinwalker watch along it's a bit later than normal. I've already put up on the Patreon site to apologise. If you have been listening to this on the, the main feed for free, it's going to be up in time for Friday morning, which is great. But the Patreons, you've all been really patient. I appreciate you've not had the early access this week, but I promise I will make it up to you within the next week or so. Okay. But yeah, so this is episode five of the Skinwalker Watch Along, and we have Dangerous Curves. Sounds like a mid-90s Channel 5 erotica film just but yeah say, <laughs> <Kim> Bass, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it it's got saxophone music playing over the start of it and some neon lighting absolutely but yeah dangerous curves dan um so the series so far we had a few episodes of meeting the cast and setting things up uh, in the last episode we have had our first ufo we've had rockets we've had a few experiments the experiment theme definitely continues in this episode as we start to see the science on the ranch really ramp up but we certainly don't stop the supernatural side of things and the paranormal side of things carrying on through that as well what were your thoughts early on in this episode then i I enjoyed this episode um every every episode in the show definitely as it goes on um gets bolder um and after last week's ufo sightings it's it's hard to follow up but i thought they did a really good job in this one of uh, keeping the intrigue going absolutely um Without further ado, folks, I will give a little countdown and we'll hit three, two, one. As always, myself and Dan are watching a recording with no adverts and we just play it straight through. Um, if you are ready, Dan, and I am ready on my end, we'll count down three, two, one, play. Boom. We have old Android phones. So, yeah, recap, as always, of episode four where we see the the rocket experiments being done. We've got some sad guys playing about with maps. Who would do that? Oh, sorry, Dan. Uh, and they are plotting some points as to where they think there might be some activity above the ranch. We got our sighting of our first UFO, which was very, very cool to see. And again, Eric Bard using some of that awesome technology to try and kind of track it in the air as well. So looking back on the last episode, um, Dan, they're very much focusing on, is it something above the ranch? And as we're starting to come back into this episode, we go back towards, is there something below? 
Yeah, that's right. Um, <clears throat> this one opens with a bit of a creepy cold open like x Valsy, But um, then Bra uh, Travis is soon talking about uh, the basin, the shape of the U-Inter basin itself, and whether it is amplifying something and causing a wormhole, perhaps. I love how later on Larry Sespooch totally shoots him down with that. I think it's a bit of a ball. I th and that's not to jump ahead too much, but it's a bit of a ball. No, no, I think it's a funnel. Ah, okay. So totally shoots him down later on. But we've got the title sequence on the screen, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Or if you're in the UK, it's The Curse of Skinwalker Ranch, as we've discussed in the past. So it's early morning on the ranch. All is well. We get some of that stunning scenery of the Mesa all lit up. And it's 10 to 5 in the morning, 4.51 a.m., and Travis is about to be woken up by the dog barking outside. I love the cool night vision look. I don't think that's something actually we get enough of in this series, is some of the maybe nighttime activity and, and that cool kind of night vision camera. It just adds a bit of gravitas to anything that's happening. Yeah, it does. And and you're right, it's a, it's a really pretty place. So it's nice to kind of see it at, at that time of, well, night, I guess. Um, there's something coming in the la next episode um, which we'll talk about when we get there, which may explain why we don't have a lot of uh, night vision and infrared yet. Cool. Was there something in the background of that shot as Travis leaves the trailer that shoots up into the sky? I did not actually make notes about that, but there was something shot up and it was before a bug flies across the screen. I don't know if it was just me, but... I remember seeing something, but it was one of those things that, you know, when you see the episode and then no one's talking about the thing so you yeah. just kind of go ah, it must have been a bug yeah if they don't acknowledge it on the tv then it's not <laughs> or doesn't happen so it's all very blair witch found footage at the start of this episode as we see travis frantically running around his trailer a bit tired first thing in the morning so there's been a bit of a strange noise heard and travis opens up his laptop and finds out that there's a, a frequency or sound being played across the ranch that they're measuring. What was your kind of thoughts as what was going on here for the, the Open? Well, this is interesting because it's, if I remember rightly, the phrase he uses, it's a heightened noise floor across the whole spectrum. Um, and, and to do that, you'd need many, many pieces of equipment <laughs> all do it broadcast in those different kind of spectrums. Oh, sorry, mm -hmm. those different uh, signals um, to kind of create that interference there it's it's really really odd for the the layman uh like myself uh not an intellectual like dan where travis is described as every station every radio station playing the same song at the same time yeah, yeah that's right as you've quite rightly said it was the the noise floor across the frequencies or something like that so yeah <laughs> magic I, I, yeah it's magic that's it i like when they put it in simple terms for us so yeah there's definitely something odd happened. A few hours later, Travis is catching up with the guys in the command centre and basically having a chat around what's happened first thing in the morning. I don't know if this is something, again, just for the science, if they're overplaying it a little bit, but it definitely seems like you've kind of said there, Dan, that it's not an easy thing to happen or to do or, for, or to occur. So it definitely seems that there, something's happened through the night that they've managed to measure. Yeah, I, I wonder if they had other microphones across the ranch picking that up at the same strength, you know, if they could have triangulated the source or something. Yeah, you can see in the background already, there's some drawings on the chalkboard um, of what Travis is about to discuss. 
Um, so we're getting to see some of the clips back from when they spent a night out on the ranch, one of Travis's first nights, when we saw the Mesa lit up. We see Thomas's injury flare up, um, and we see those kind of beams coming across the sky. Travis, as we remember back then, was very much full-blown sceptic. He didn't really believe anything was going on that couldn't be explained from a scientific point of view. Didn't believe in bumps in the night and ghosts and ghoulies, as he was kind of calling it and dismissing it early on. But as we're about to find out in a few seconds' time, Travis has really went a full 180 and came right round to something is happening on this ranch that we cannot explain, that we are struggling to find, struggling to measure. And yeah, he goes, I mean, jumping a few seconds ahead, Travis goes full-blown wormhole here. Let's go full Michio Kaku, Kaku, quantum (laughs) physics, you know, dragons are flying through a portal in the sky and playing with us with wizards on their back through the night. So I love how Travis has came right round to really buying into the whole uh, lore and myth of Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, he did. It, it reminded me a little bit of, um, do you remember when you were back in school and you'd know the final design you were going to do in woodworking class before you started, but you had to make your your project look like you kind of come up with the idea over the course of a certain amount of time. That's what this wormhole bit made me think just in the middle of the season. They mentioned it earlier on as well. Um, mm. Whereas I, I much prefer it when we get to the end and it's kind of all laid out bit by bit to the uh, to the gentleman who's in that last episode. Do you know what? Why I wasn't particularly good with that kind of stuff and also why, as we were talking about before we started recording, why I am not and never will be an investigative journalist is my attention span is horrendous. So <laughs> I would constantly change whatever I was doing in the middle of it. and I'm not good at planning things out as Dan finds out whenever I try and record these shows or episodes or as any of my guests may or may not have realised. But, you know, I just like to ask the questions. I've got an inquisitive mind. So... That's that works for me. But yeah, so Travis here, if you keep an eye on Dragon's face in the background, Dragon does not have a clue what is going on or what is being talked about. It's it's just face. Yeah. I love it because that would be me. I would be sitting there like, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just kind of nodding along. You know, and again, if you want to talk about school, when a teacher would explain something to the class and say, Does anyone under- not understand that? And everyone goes, No, no, that's fine. But you know for a fact you're sitting looking going does anyone else not have any clue what the teachers talked about there? But just no one wants to say. For me, Dragon represents all of us at this point. So <laughs> don't really know what's going on, but just is happy to nod along with, <laughs> again, he's got another one of those looks that, yeah, yeah, I'll just agree with the scientists in the room. Hopefully he yeah, doesn't yeah. blow up about that later in the episode. Oh, no. I forgot about that bit. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we will get to that bit. Um, but here we go, we've got um, previous uh, father of the, the ranch, Bob Bigelow, and the new cool stepdad, Brandon Fugel. Uh, Brandon talking about Bob Bigelow's past in the ranch, and again, they drip feed this in through the series. And again, from what we've been told in the past, Brandon and Bob Bigelow had no interaction and no discussion, which I don't really believe. I can't believe that never happened, but... Um, it was very much they handed over the boring documents to do with the property, and that was it. So Brandon's talking about some of the incidents that have gone on, and they mention portals, they mention windows to other places, and again, it's starting to really build up that wormhole theory, and it's something that's kind of touched on again later on in the episode. Yeah, it is. Um, and we 
know from the you know if you've been following the show you if you kind of know a little bit of skinwalker you know that portals on the ranch is something that comes up time and time again uh, whether it's nids or adamantium holdings or someone else um and uh ryan skinner uh of skinwalkerranch.org um he kind of compiled a lot of uh different things from witnesses um and some nids testimony and various things like that and kind of marked them all up on a map um and being a map nerd uh i plotted them all on the map so uh, you'll, you'll have all those portal locations. Uh, there are only two out of that eight that everyone agrees on. Awesome. You have to make sure you're following uh, Dan on Twitter at, at Zignal. At the Zignal? Uh, the Zignal, yeah. At the Zignal. And uh, again, he's got all the maps on there. It's a great little follow-on for the, the watch-along and just the series in general. Um, when you mentioned about the portals, thinking back, not to this show, but the Hunt for Skinwalker Ranch documentary, that Jeremy, Mar- Jeremy Corbell made, that was one of the things that was focused on quite heavily, wasn't it? That some it of the was, scientists yeah. claimed to actually see these portals opening up in midair and creatures and things crawling through them, going both yeah. ways, um, which was pretty incredible. Some of the testimony that came out on that documentary, we don't get anything like that in this first series. But as we now know, the the, the second series is starts to shoot in a few weeks. They're in full pre-production mode at the minute. Um, and that's something that, you know, would be great to maybe see a glimpse of or get some kind of reading of as the second series. Is that is that wishful thinking? Is that me thinking too much ahead? I mean, I would very, very much like to see them get footage of a black figure scurrying out of a portal and running into the woods. <laughs> I'm very down with that. <laughs> yeah, we have to put up with them drilling in this episode for now. But yeah, we might get portals down the line. But again, with all the radiation going on and these different measurements and frequencies and things coming and going, not to say that that's not stuff that's been left over from those. And if you look at things potentially being interdimensional or multidimensional, again, is it just that connection or residue left over? So Hunt for Skinwalker uh, is definitely a documentary worth watching. I'm a big fan of the documentary and I like Jeremy, Jeremy Corbell stuff, uh, including the Bob Lazar documentary. It's a little bit arty at times. I get that and gets a little bit what's the the terminology um i don't want to use a british phrase of up its own arse but (laughs) (laughs) any british listeners might appreciate that but yeah it does get a little bit too cool for school with the long roaming shots of the the mesa and there's a lot of kind of narration over the top of it um but the content is really good in, in both the documentaries for me mickey rourke isn't that one is it mickey rourke is lazar Mickey Rourke's Lazar, yeah. I yeah. think Jeremy, does Jeremy Corbell narrate the Hunt for Skinwalker one? Yeah. He definitely does a lot of talking in it. I'm sure there's a lot of kind of monologues and it's self-indulgent, I think, is what I'm looking for. But do you know what? If you've got the talent to make something like that, why not self-indulge a little bit? Um, that's, that's the thing about it. Someone's got to say, I am, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so definitely, I mean, I just spoke with Michael Mazzola, who again, another director, uh, last week on the podcast, listen to that interview if you get a chance. He obviously made Stephen Greer's documentaries, and I suppose there has to be an element of it's it's your baby as such, and you're you're putting this out there. Um, Michael Mazzola was going for someone else's vision with Stephen Greer's project, whereas Jeremy Cabell was very much putting these stories out there in his kind of vision of what it was, so... But yeah, the, the Hunt for Skinwalker is definitely worth watching as a as an accompanying piece to this series. 
I think it yeah. might fill in a lot of blanks for people as well, and it's almost a good prequel. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think I preferred the way this series began, like the first two hours, just in that it sets the geography and this, you know, the sense of place, uh, the mood, that kind of thing you introduce to the people, some of the people throughout its history. And then I think maybe just inject the hunt for the skinwalker somewhere in this season. Like you say, it complements it really, really well. Yeah, that, this is far more grounded and far more scientific. So we're going back to the age-old battery issue now, where we've got another one of those third parties in, which again, we've seen quite a lot in this series, and we like that this is stuff that, do you know what, maybe Brandon and Future will spend the money and have this equipment on site. But at the minute, let's bring these people in as and when we need them. And I suppose it's that neutral third party as well that these people don't have a vested interest in what's going on. They're just a company who has a talent or a skill or a, re- a resource for hire. And they've got some equipment that's going to do some ground penetrating radar, uh, GPR. That it's really has just, cool stuff. Yeah, it is, it's really cool, but it dies, doesn't it, again? It does, unfortunately. And it's that whole, is it the ranch playing with them? I highly doubt these people, who I doubt are cheap and are highly skilled at what they do, are just constantly so inept that they keep turning up having not charged equipment the night before. Um, so, well, yeah. I, I mean, it's... A, if if anyone's going to say that it's faked, then they've got to explain to me why people would think that look making their business look bad on television would uh, would be a good thing to fake. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's something we've seen a few times now in this series where a lot of stuff's failing, and it's not the people on the site, but yeah, the, the equipment's being played with, and they use a backup battery, and again, that one's really really drained as well. So. Eric Bard and Dragon are just having a little look just now, but they're used to this. They're seeing this constantly. It's nothing new to them. It's not surprising. And I suppose it's if you're the camera crew, it's kind of vindication. This is the kind of stuff you want to see. Yeah. Short of the equipment levitating 50 feet in the air and being thrown off the mountainside, this is about as good as you're going to get, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I love, I, I I love, love listening series. to Eric Bard. Sorry, Eric Bard just. I was going to say the same thing. I was literally just going to say I'd love a series yeah. of just Eric Bard's workshop, just seeing him make all the toys and get everything set up. It'd be cool, yeah. He's like him and Thomas just sitting, basically doing really routine, mundane things around the, <laughs> the site. Um, but, oh, this is something here. So we've got Caleb's phone going a little bit crazy. Someone far more technical than myself, though, I wonder, you know all those numbers that were coming up? Were they totally random, or is there anyone that could pick some kind of pattern out of those numbers, or is it a probably someone and, pick Oh, a, yeah. Like uh, a latitude sure. and a longitude, or... <laughs> I, I haven't tried that. But I, yeah. I do have a little experience with what's happening. So I used to work for um, Apple Retail, and I saw this issue quite quite a bit in store. Um, it's called Ghost Touch, and the way that the touchscreens work is basically, you know, when you press your finger on the screen your electric kind of current in your finger goes into the phone, connects the circuit, and it registers as a touch. Um, you can also cause it by, if you put a dodgy charger in a phone and it delivers too much current into the phone, it'll cause the screen to give you ghost touches because there's no way for that current to, to kind of go. Um, so, yeah, when you see it, it's not usually that bad. You'll kind of see a few ghost touches every few seconds. It doesn't literally look like a year's worth of phone use in 20 seconds <laughs> that's really extreme that's really really extreme so if, if i had to put you on the spot then would you lean more towards this being something that's not too out of the ordinary or would you still say it was a pretty odd experience 
I'd say it's an odd experience because there doesn't seem to be anything obvious there that's causing it. You know, if I looked over that iPhone as a device to kind of, you know, see if it was working okay. I mean, there's nothing else there. The battery's not swelling. There's not a dodgy charger plugged in. You know, it's hard to get a phone to do stuff like that. Yeah, everyone with with a Samsung on the ranch hasn't had any issues. You know, it's all... (laughs) That's it. That's exactly it. There's Android Android fanboys. That's all it is. The phenomena is on your side. (laughs) Yeah, so we've got um, a team A and a team B to quote you from before recording here, um, where we've got Travis and Jim with Zach, and we have Eric and Dragon off on the other side of the ranch. And I missed that guy's name, who's who's with them with the, the ground penetrating radar. I know Zach's the young guy. But they've split, up into, they've split up into two teams, and they're basically dragging this piece of equipment along behind them, uh, Dragon looking extremely grumpy as he always does, and they're basically scanning underneath the ground to see anything that may or may not be under there. That would be anomalous. And lo and behold, we have our first bump, our first cool bump. Now this first bump, they don't actually go back to. Um, they come down the road from uh, east, uh, and they get quite a few anomalies. And the only ones they come back to are uh, Homestead Two. So I'm curious as to the other ones as well, because like I say, we never come back to them. So I'm just going to put it straight out there. I'm guessing most people have the impression that underneath the ranch, if there's going to be anything, there is a huge spaceship buried that either does or does not have an active ET or or AI presence on it. And that's why we have so many issues. And I can see you're smiling, Dan. However, let's be honest, this is what most people must be thinking. Um and as soon as you start seeing bumps in that shape, it is very deliberate that that's what they would have wanted to find. But they do, and I'm not doubting the science. But what do you think would be under the branch at this point? If you're starting to see there's some shapes there, or is there not enough to go on? For me, it could be a number of things. Like, my brain says UFO, tunnel, cave, quartz reserves, bedrock. Now, there's a lot of work to be done to differentiate between all those different things. So I'm glad that they went digging a bit. So you agree with me, it's more than likely an ET spacecraft. That's a, that's a fair point. <laughs> no, the, the, like you say, they, they do touch on, and I get they have, it's that um, entertainment dramatization part of the show, isn't it? Where there, there is obviously something there, but like you say, it could literally be some old mining tunnels or... or it could be something like you say, like a quartz reserve, which is as fanciful as that sounds. There's nothing spectacular. But well, I mean, you, you say that, but then we're into the the territory of the missing four one one and all those kind of sightings, and people going missing around areas that have these this particular material underground. Mm-hmm. You know, could be. It could be, but what what we're starting to get is a bit of an idea around the ground, the geology of the area. There's, there are some anomalous areas, and to be fair, the, the, the gentleman we have here who's got this equipment, he doesn't dismiss the fact that it's more than likely some anomalous mounds or domes, which, again, it's kind of letting the mind wander a little bit, and, you know, what could it be? 
and as as we find out, it, obviously we we know in this episode they do start doing some drilling. Um, but yeah, for me, I, I would love nothing more than there to be a massive spaceship underneath. Maybe later on in the episode, someone will put all these points together and draw some kind of shape of of what <laughs> could be what could be under there, with no preconceived notions whatsoever. Travis Taylor. It'd be so great if it was just an empty UFO with a little no inside saying, ha ha. Can you, imagine, dig. Can, can you imagine they dug down and it was like, have you seen the film Cabin in the Woods? Yes. Yeah. Great, great, great movie. If you have not seen Cabin in the Woods, it is not what you think it's I, um, going to I be like. To a Universal Studios experience that that was like live and I got chased by the guy with the razor face and I ran into a door frame and cut my shoulder open. It was an uh, excellent night. <laughs> I was going to say, that sounds amazing, except the, the injury, obviously. But that yeah, it's like, made it worse. So <laughs> if you've not seen it, this won't spoil it because if, if you've not seen it and start watching it, the, the first 20 minutes, you have no idea where the movie's going to go. And I think even to the last 10 minutes, you have no idea where the movie's going to go. So please watch it. But um, the two guys who operate the the command center we're going to call it in that movie imagine it was something underneath there like that where it was just a couple of uh, guys who are sitting with like a mass of computers and technology just pressing buttons and oh yeah let's make a ufo appear and oh let's do this and what should we do next oh let's dump some ionized radiation shit on the guys and can i see what happens so but it could also be like a quartz reserve you're right So we've got Zachary here, who is setting up one of the experiments out with uh, Team B. And right now Thomas is with them, but Thomas is soon going to take a take a leave, isn't he? He doesn't like hanging about for the experiments either. Um, it really scares me that he goes off on his own. I've seen some horror, horror films. Like Cabin like in the Woods. goes off on their own doesn't bode well. No. But to be fair, when Thomas has stuck around in the past, he's had issues, hasn't he? So, Oh, yeah, for sure. Just, you know, I don't know, send a puppy with him or someone else. Did you say send a puppy with him? Yeah, I'm a dog person. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's like, <laughs> as like bait that if he can outrun the puppy, then he'll be fine. And that is that is coming up in the next episode, the, the controversy around using potentially animals for bait. But yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in the next episode, episode six. So right now, they've basically scanned the area. They've got two different sets of equipment and they've managed to find some anomalies underneath. We're back at the homesteads. That definitely would be prime real estate. You think if you could do those up, like we talked about previously, you could have visitors who wanted to stay on Skinwalker Ranch housed there, you know, kind of live an experience on the set. That, that, would, that would go down well. It'd be great until someone sued you for radiation dosing. Yeah, that would be true. Like all your, need a disclaimer. All, your, all your electronics dying on the spot. And, uh, almost <laughs> yeah. been totally ruined, but what a time. So the guys are unloading the back of the car as well here. Um, they want to see what else they can find for scanning. And they basically splat and go the separate ways, don't they, again? Yeah, they, they're not too far away. It's only, you know, they could shout to each other, really. Uh, they're that close. But yeah, they one of them groups goes and uh, drags the ground penetrating radar around the buildings in Homestead too. I didn't realise they were that close. Is that from the 
what you've looked at on the map, yeah? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're oh, very okay. close. Those, those buildings really aren't that far away. It's like we say on the, the TV, though, if it, if it's if they're not on TV together, then they don't exist in the same plane. <laughs> it's like if, Michael Bay logic. <laughs> it's off screen, it doesn't count. <laughs> it absolutely does not happen, yeah. Like at the end of Prison Break Season 4, when you hear the main character get killed off, but it happens off screen so he doesn't die. So it doesn't count, yeah. And like when they yeah. made the whole sequel of Independence Day 2 off screen, so no one saw it and it, no one knows if it was good. <laughs> so listen, I don't want to go too off topic here, but I, I watched that sequel, as you know, because I was texting you and I, I, tweet, I was tweeting about it as well. I love Independence Day, the first movie. God bless Thomas Winterton climbing this mesa with that stuff, by the way. Um, I love the first Independence Day movie. It's probably my favourite alien UFO movie like that. One of my favourite movies of all time. The sequel is one of the most disappointing moments of my life going and watching that in, in the cinema. Oh, I, could have cri- I could have cried and I don't cry. Um, however, when I watched it back, that was the first time I'd watched it back in full since seeing it at the cinema. It's not as bad as I remember it being. It's still a bit ridiculous, but it really did make me want to see the planned third movie that is never I'd going to, to be see made. that third film. That sounded insane. The all-out, we-go-to-them film. And <laughs> yeah, so just that just plea, sounds wonderful. <laughs> just a plea to any listeners, if, if you're Bob Bigelow and you're a billionaire and you're listening to this, or in future you have won the Powerball in the US and you've won like $400 million, I reckon quarter of a quarter of a billion dollars will make that movie. Please make that. We'll even start a crowdfunding for it or something. I don't know, but I want to see that stuff. Will Smith get involved? Oh, I would totally get Will Smith back. Yeah. So that that's a theory, isn't it? Maybe Will Smith didn't die in a training exercise. He was already on his way to that other planet as like a scouting mission. Wormhole went through a wormhole. Wormhole. Communication got cut off. Done With, (laughs) with Travis Taylor. There you go, just to bring it back. So in the meantime, folks, you haven't missed too much in the episode because they've had a little bit of a a gap in the scanning of the ground. Do you know, in looking back on this episode, there is a lot of kind of filler material as they do the experiment. As I've kind of noticed, as this is maybe my third or fourth watching of the episode now. Um, but as we're about to find out... Uh, this reenactment that's that's currently on the screen, uh, you had a little bit to talk about with this as well, didn't you, Dan? Yeah, um, this one it, it struck a chord to me to made me think of a, a quote from a show that some listeners might know, uh, The Expanse, um, and that deals with the way that an alien intelligence would see us. And I won't spoil it too much. I'll leave kind of the context out of it, um, <clears throat> but. The, the quote is, the character says, uh, when talking to a human, that you've got more synapses than stars in the universe. You're just a fancy hand terminal with a lot of buttons. I push a couple trillion of those buttons in exactly the right order, and voila, me. And just that perspective of looking at a human brain like a, a computer where you can push buttons and make people do things and make people see things, it's, you know, that's why it made me think of the it when seeing that gentleman go catatonic that's really creepy and it's not the first time we've heard something like that happening here or you know with anything associated with the phenomena it's really unnerving yeah and it's it's an odd experience and again you, you talk about things like missing time and 
just being taken over like that. It's very Agent Smith in the Matrix to use a less fancy kind of terminology or analogy that your your body can just be <laughs> at any moment remotely controlled by a higher intelligence. Yeah. And but yeah, that was quite cool that Brandon shared that on the on the episode. Travis has quite readily pulled back a massive concrete covering that Jim quite rightly says to him, Jim Sagala you might want to wait and we'll measure that first. And literally before he's finished his sentence, Travis has pulled back the cover and it appears has blasted himself with a dose of radiation. Yeah. Sounds like something right out the Simpsons, but yeah, it's a, it's, it seems to have happened because Travis immediately starts not feeling too well, gets a bit of a headache coming on, wants to get out of the area. And as we're going to find out, using some of the measurements again if you're scientific it it seems to be the case that yeah you've definitely had a dose of something in there non-lethal which they're very quick to point out it was non-lethal but you've been you've been hit with something i love that little machine they've got as well like it made me wonder if something and uh you know if there was some kind of gases in the ground kind of coming up if they'd have all built up in that concrete bunker and then when Travis kind of took the the top off, it disperses into the air and then when they go back to get their readings, there's nothing there. That's it, yeah. And it seems like if you're a scientist like Travis and like Jim, that you would want to just hold back on uncovering this clearly covered up for a re- covered up for a reason hole in the ground. We see some shots in a second of, of Travis and the I don't know if injury is the right word, but he picks up a few marks, doesn't he? Some skin irritations. Yeah. Um, did you see Chernobyl? Uh, yes, I did. The, so you know the analogy about the invisible bullets, mm-hmm. the radiation. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and you know these are these are signs of that happening to Travis. This one's a really heavy episode for me, actually. There's quite a lot of injury. <laughs> yeah. It's it's pretty serious. But again, I don't know if it's just Travis. At times it can come across like, you know, oh, guys, I'm getting a bit of a headache. Oh. I think he knows how to play things for the camera, that even if it is happening to him for real, it can come across a little bit forced. Um. But we've got the sure. guys back back in two days later, don't we? And they have processed the data. So what we now get is a more comprehensive view of the GPR. So the ground penetrating radar's done its job. Here's all those anomalous domes, mounds, um, areas that have been found across those measurements. Travis looks intrigued and is about to do his best tracing paper effort here. It's a very goodwill hunting moment. It is. What did you think watching this? Where did you think they were going with it, Dan? I, yeah, I, I could see where he was going with it before he even got the paper. You, you can get a sense of the shape from just looking at those domes. And like you say, if you're watching this, you've had the idea or read the idea that there's a UFO beneath the ranch. So this yeah. is where your brain's going at this point, right? So I, I love like um astronomy and you know when again i've been to a few like uh stargazing events and whatnot in the past and nice you, 
you know when you'll get someone who can draw a map of the night sky mm-hmm. and they will show you three stars but those three points in the sky make up this incredibly detailed mosaic of a sure. Greek goddess who is also it's holding, just a line. Yeah, that's a, it's a water fountain. But because this one star comes off to the side, this is a shield and we call it the headed serpent goddess or something like that, right? <laughs> I feel this is a little bit what Travis does here where we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight dots, nine dots. And Travis somehow manages to put it together to go, it's clearly a UFO under the ground. So it's a little bit of a stretch for me. And this is someone who absolutely wants to believe that that could be what is under there. And it might be. But like you say, I think for the camera, this has definitely been what could we draw here? Because some of those lines are definitely generous as to the curved shape that he puts together. Yeah, you you could draw the line in a different way as well. Like he had two layers, kind of a you know a football shape with a line through the middle there. Yeah. But there were a I couple mean, of little I mean, this draw next in one, a completely different way. I mean, what we're seeing now, he's basically drawing windows on it as well. So, <laughs> Some people inside. Yeah, there's clearly some hieroglyphics on the site here. This may have been the same ship that landed in Rendlesham Forest. Who knows? But yeah, it's it's a little bit of a stretch. But there's what we do know is putting the facts together on the table, there are clearly points under the ground where it's, like you say, it's tunnels. It's some kind of um, reserve. It could be massive boulders. But it could also be something else. We, we don't know that. And that's that's what they're trying to get at here. Dragon has his sensible hat on here and is very dismissive. And this is one of those moments I feel that Dragon, whether or not this was rehearsed, he is letting out some real feelings here, I think, about his frustrations with the more, in, not more, in, well, more intelligent, but more well-schooled people in the group. Yeah, he he feels like he's not being listened to, right? I guess the the buck stops with him if anything goes wrong. Um, yeah, that's an easy so, thing to forget, isn't it? As well, though, yeah, he, he has a job. Has he's not a TV star? Well, he is a TV star now, but all these guys yeah. have jobs on this ranch. They have lives on here that don't just stop when the camera stops. And he was working here before the camera started rolling, so he gets frustrated that at the end of the day, I'm security and Brandon, as much as he likes to be on camera now and again, no doubt still holds these guys accountable for what doesn't doesn't happen on the ranch as part of their role on and off a TV. So Dragon gets really frustrated with them that you guys are now doing all this stuff and you're getting a little bit carried away. Um, it, it gets very close to basically I'm telling you no, but yeah, it boils it over. And then they call Dad. They do. They do. They have. They have to call dad. Like they do at the end of most episodes. Now it's almost like the theme now at the end of the episode, isn't it? Where right, let's call Brandon. We have to speak to Brandon. But yeah, it, I, I like how Dragon basically comes out because Jim Sagala cuts him off a little bit, doesn't he? And basically tells him that because uh, Dragon's basically saying why we shouldn't do this, and you know people have had these injuries and there's physical harm coming to people on the ranch. It's happened in the past. It's happening now. Jim Sagala cuts him off a little bit as a yeah, but we want to do this. And I love Dragon basically says to him, so I don't have an opinion because I'm not a PhD. And yeah, poor Thomas seems caught in the middle of it. It, it can't be easy to sit around a table like that and, you know, have to toe the line. 
because it, it does seem like he's getting in the way of the the science fun in some ways but like you said the he has a job to do that's what he's paid to do and if he doesn't you know brandon probably wouldn't want him around on the ranch anymore and he certainly seems to love being there so yeah why that's wouldn't it. He be how he is <laughs> You're head of security and you know that things are happening where people are being hurt and are being injured. And it, it does bring it back a little bit, doesn't it? Where he says, look, if I didn't like you guys, then I yeah. wouldn't care. And he, he makes that point, which is which is fair enough that you know, he's looking out for. No doubt these guys have become quite close over the filming and um, some of them will be more like family to each other. Like, you know, Eric Bard and Thomas Winterton were working together for a couple of years before they before the camera started rolling here so they've got history together as well and they don't want to see each other getting hurt yeah exactly <clears throat> i said it before but uh if if he was a jurassic park the film just wouldn't have gone the way that it did <laughs> everyone would have had a nice time <laughs> yeah come out of the park the security guy's grumpy but banging job that's it. One of the fences went down, right? Everyone back to beta testing. Let's get everyone <laughs> off the island. I mean, everyone, head scientists, a lot. We're going to lock everything down. It's like the start of Spider-Man with the, um, Willem Dafoe, but it's back to formula, back to formula. You know, so... Yeah. So this was hard for me to say, but it's they're in Travis Taylor's trailer. That is a bit of a tongue twister. Again, dodgy Scottish accent, people, so... I know some people seem to like the Scottish accent, which is weird, but yeah. Um, Dragon is not happy, but it's Travis and Dragon, phone on the table, Brandon on speaker. I, I would love, though, if Brandon was like outside the cabin on the phone doing this whole conversation. <laughs> right, it's like, right, I'm on my way, and he just walks in the front door. You can see the marks on uh, Travis's face a bit more here. Yeah, you can actually, yeah. Um, they've done a good job in makeup. No, yeah. they've obviously... Uh, <laughs> They've obviously have they has marked him. I'm being cynical now, but also what I would say as well, I've noticed at the end of these last few episodes, and it's a bit now of how the episodes tend to finish up, where they're in the control room, all the guys want to do something. Dragon's been sensible and safe, so they get Brandon on the phone, and Brandon basically sides with all the other guys and goes, <laughs> "Yes, let's do this anyway, but we'll do it safely and we'll do it cautiously." And you can see Dragon as if he's going, I know what's going to happen and I know what he's going to say, but I am going to voice my own concerns. And he's right as well. Um, but yeah, he knows where it's going. He knows what's happening. Yeah, he does. <clears throat> There's got to be some uh, nervousness associated with... I mean, I'm I'm eager to go stay on the ranch and do a bit of digging and stuff like that. And I I think I'd still be you know, a little nervous kind of doing that first bit of digging just because of the stories in the past and the mythos that comes with it, you know. I think my nerves would kick in right around the time the helicopter pilot started praying on the way there. (laughs) Uh, As competent as I'm sure Brandon's brother is at flying people in and out the the ranch on the chopper. But yeah, it's very much, okay, guys, we're going to go ahead with the digging. Uh, We've done some of the early tests. We... They've used the phrase already, which becomes the title of the next episode, that you shouldn't poke the hornet's nest. But, uh, spoiler alert, episode six is called Poking the Nest. So (laughs) there is some definite poking of the nest goes on in that next episode. Dragon's not happy. He's shaking his head. But at the end of the day, Brandon says himself, this could change the whole trajectory of the investigation. 
depending what we do or don't find. Travis does have a little bit of a smug look there, does he? Of, do you know what? I knew I was going to get my way on this. And also, it makes good television, doesn't it? It does make good television. And he might have his way now. But, you know, in, in 20 years, we might see a medical report from him where he's picked up something due to moving that manhole cover. And it's just developed over time. So, last laughs and all that. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, never, I never used to have a third arm growing on my side. But, you know, it's just kind of developed over time. Yeah, exactly. It's really handy for holding my radiation meter, though, which is which is great. <laughs> An ironic uh, growth. No, we hope that no harm come to any of the cast uh, in the making or after of the of the show, obviously. Yeah, of course that uh, that's our baseline. It is, yeah. That's that's our before and after each episode disclaimer we use. So yeah, next episode is poking the nest, which only leaves us at that point three episodes left of the watch along. Dan, it is closing in on us quick. That's right. It's gone by fast, hasn't it? It has. I mean, a couple of weeks' time, they'll actually be into filming of the the new series as well. So we might get early glimpses. Or now that the guys are more active on social media, maybe we're going to see some more of that on social media while they're filming. Maybe some glimpses of early production, things like that. That would be quite cool. So, yeah, um, cool. and this episode finishes with a bit of a what's to come on the next episode. We get the alpaca incident. We get the digging on the ranch. And yeah, it's, it's what Dragon didn't want. But let's be honest, the rest of us want to see if you dig, bad things happen. As we found out right at the start of the first episode, six episodes in, we're going to do some digging. So where is the series at at this point for you, Dan? You can cut the silence, right? Yeah, I can cut the silence. Or what I could do is to be really, really lazy uh, as I'm learning with this podcast, I can fill in this little bit of the conversation with some talking while you think about what you want to say. <laughs> and I could not cut out that two seconds of silence, which will have felt longer than it actually was. And when I finish this sentence, you can cut in with what you want to say. Very professional. Oh. <laughs> and now he's, do- now he's doing that thing where it can just make it really awkward by not talking and I either have to just keep talking or I can edit it out. I, I enjoyed this episode just because we're getting to some sciencey stuff now. They're doing experiments. We're getting to the digging. You know, like you say, it was mentioned in episode one and episode five now. We're kind of starting to get drills into the ground. Um, so it really feels like it's picked up steam now. Yeah, I think it's going to be a little bit like a, a good football, NFL, soccer, hockey, delete as applicable you know match that one of those games it takes a while to get into but i think as the series comes to a conclusion it's going to end on a note where you don't want to see it end and want to see it continue yeah definitely but you have to wait for that that new season so again folks thank you very much for listening for myself and for dan thank you again to all the patreons supporting over at patreon.com forward slash that ufo podcast the episode this week was a little bit late but you will find in the next 24 hours episode 6 is on Patreon as an early access exclusive so keep a look out for that folks and again from myself thank you very much from Dan thank you awesome and as always folks keep looking up you never know what you might see <laughs>